Hi, and welcome back to the Expansive Podcast. My name is John. I'm one half of the Expansive Podcast, and I'm always joined by my ever elegant, <laughs> should I use your word, Eric? I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, my, <laughs> I'm always joined by my co-host, Eric Kruger. If you're new here, join us as we banter about life and what it means for individuals and organizations to approach the future with an expansive mind. We release a new episode every week, so hit subscribe and give us a follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and we'll make sure to update you as soon as new episodes drop. Eric, how are you doing there in Joburg? It's your last week in Joburg. How exciting. What's happening there? Yeah. Yeah, all good, dude. Um, it's been a crazy time, uh, but I'm, I'm super pumped to be moving pretty soon. Uh, but you are dialing in from Dubai today. I am. Yes, I am in Dubai and have been here for about a week now. I've got another week to go before I come back to Cape Town. Um, and it's been absolutely a whirlwind. There's so much mm. going on here. It seems like the whole world is in Dubai. My flight here was fully booked. Uh, and, and you know, we, we, we are making massive changes in both of our lives. And today's topic is all about change and expansion. But before mm. we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on for you as far as the moving is concerned, the packing is concerned. You've also got an exciting trip to Kenya coming up. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Dan has been an absolute superstar because she's been juggling everything. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure how I existed before her. So yeah. she's like literally doing an MBA, getting... Uh, her work done, looking after the boys, looking after me, restaurant, great dinners, and like somehow manages to keep it all collected and calm and cool. Yeah. So, so that's been the one thing is like, she's been really good at helping me through this transition period. I think, um, having Eric, her. I'm sure been, you're helping her as well. I mean, without taking anything I, I am, from Dan, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, how, how do you think you're helping her? I, I'm taking care of many of the sort of, uh, DIY stuff. Not by DIYing it myself, but by, by getting calling to the DIY. DIY it. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a modern man, Eric. Such a, such a modern man. Yes. Listen, yeah. uh, I had an electrician yesterday here to come and change from the light bulbs. So I don't know how yes. far you want to take it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So yeah, no, it's been good. Um, working on the leadership manual, obviously, and then mm. uh, starting to plan my trip for Kenya, uh, where I'll be yes. working with entrepreneurs organization and young presidents organization. Mm, very um, exciting. First time to, yeah. to, to Kenya. First time to Nairobi. Um, yeah. And it's kind of, it's, 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 uh, it's a weird space, right? Cause we move in on the Friday in, uh, in our house in Cape Town. And then the Monday I leave for Nairobi. But right. this is part of the, it's part of the lifestyle that we've chosen as well. You know, I mean, we love mm. that we get to travel and I've seen with mm. you, like being back in Dubai and being back on flights. I could just, I could see the shift in your energy mm, mm, absolutely yeah i think the city demands a different version of you and mm. uh, it's going at two hundred thousand kilometers an hour so you have to jump on and you have to strap in and you have to engage with this energy in a very different way uh, mm. it's very exciting to be back here um and I'm, I'm really excited for how this city and this country the united arab emirates is evolving and taking this COVID-19 pandemic in its stride and in fact, catalyzing it from it, you know, everywhere else mm. in the world is shutting down its borders, Dubai is opening up its borders. Um, I mean, we had to do a PCR test 48 hours before coming. We had to do one two hours before joining the flight. We had to do another one when we arrived wow. in Dubai. So 
they're not playing around with health and safety. They're very, very strict with it. But once you're in the country, um, it really is just incredibly busy. I can hardly get a taxi because there's just so much going on here mm. and so many people here from all around the world. And look, the expo is mind-blowing. I walked around there a couple of nights ago and I was just flabbergasted at the, at the unbelievable architecture, design, thinking that all the pavilions have. And I'm obviously speaking there on the 23rd in the evening at about half past six, um, which I'm really it's looking amazing. forward to. Mm. But geez, what a show. I cannot, I cannot recommend it highly enough. I can't wait to go back, in fact. Um, who, like, are you just speaking to the general public? What is the It's like, a South African pavilion. Yeah, it's a South okay. African pavilion that's been sponsored by Standard Bank. And so every country has its own pavilion and they're showcasing their country, showcasing what they're good at, what they're not good at. And so I was at the okay. Swedish pavilion the other night watching a movie um, about a lady, a Muslim lady that's gotten a lot of hate mail in Sweden. She's quite a famous person in Sweden. And there seems to be quite a backlash to Muslim people in Sweden, which I had no idea about. But a whole documentary around that. So each if each pavilion has its own sort of okay. uh, entertainment. And I mean, the mm. Arabian, you cannot believe, the Saudi Arabian pavilion was by far the most... I don't know, ex exceptional Luxurious. what they had yeah. done. No, it was exceptional. Okay. I've never seen anything. Like, mm. I've, ne I've literally never seen anything like what they displayed there. You know, they did some such an ex excellent job. So mm. there's, a there's a lot of exciting things happening in the city. And uh, yeah, I'm excited uh, to be moving back in February. Mm. So tell us, uh, Erica, you, yeah, carry on. Uh, no, I was going to say um, what's happening with the book. Well, uh, we've got a new publisher now, which I'm very happy about. Uh, I've concluded the deal with the new publisher. Who do we become? And we're just going to mm. be fine tuning it and it's going to be released next year sometimes. So yeah, I'm glad I got that sorted and, and one more step towards my fifth book coming out. Mm. Um, and yeah, excited about it and I uh, excited. I to saw get your out. banner on Facebook. Is it uh, very purposefully spread across like that, leaving a space in the middle for the next book? Yes, exactly. It's uh, okay. the banner's got a collection of wisdom, modern wisdom. And the fifth one will be coming. And then obviously the sixth like one has been birthed uh, and the seventh one with the expansive. Mm. So yeah, there's, soon we'll have 10 books out, which I'm really excited <laughs> about. Who would have thought and who would have thunk this when I failed school? So here we are um, mm. adding value to the world and, and trying to get other people to see the world uh, in a more optimistic way through the process of reading the books yeah. and that sort of thing. So you've been watching uh, the news. Uh, do you have any sort of highlights of what's been going on out the world, world before we get stuck into our topic for today? Yeah, there's one topic that's been like in the back of my mind. And uh, recently, Portugal announced that uh, they'll be making it illegal. Like they'll literally fine you if you <laughs> contact that. workers outside of working <laughs> hours. And it doesn't extend to every single company. If you are a company of less than 10 people, then you are absconded from this. Yeah, that's right. That's but I right. thought it's uh, it's interesting that like government is legislating at that level what companies are allowed to do and not do. Yeah. And I think it's a weird move, to be honest, because when you are operating in a high-level startup like, environment, it's very difficult to contain ideas to office hours. And I get, I get what's happening here that, you know, with the pandemic, people have been working much harder. Like we thought that it wouldn't happen, but in the virtual setup, because of the dis like dissolution between work and life boundaries, people have been pushing themselves more. So like more mental health issues, more burnouts, more stress, more anxiety. And this is perhaps their attempt to curb that. 
But the problem is that in, in high performing organizations, I just don't see that working. I don't see it playing out like in the way that they think it should. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I, I think it's a, I, I think we've been caught up in a world where work has made so much of our lives and taken up so much of our time that to put it into a cage or put it into a fence or a construct seems weird and odd because all we've ever known is, you know, good ideas don't keep office hours. I mean, this becomes like a, a mantra in many terms. And we've created habits and we've created lifestyles based on working hard and created identities about working hard. And we haven't created many identities about anything else. And I think this move is so indicative of what Portugal's actually doing in the bigger scheme of things. You know, they've created themselves to become a cultural capital of Europe. And I mean, Portugal mm. is just like this little tiny country in the middle of nowhere. And now all of a sudden, you know, everybody's in Lisbon. There's conferences in Lisbon. There's like Kashkai is becoming like a capital of conferencing. And it's just all of a sudden, it's blown up into... And I think it's quite strategic of them as a country to be forerunners in this sort of thinking. They've got the golden visa that you can buy to go there and live. And so they're very open. And I think they're open to what's coming, not what's been. So I agree with you. I think, you know, it's hard to button down uh, ideas into office hours. But I also think the indoctrination that we've always had around, well, no, if, if it's work and it's exciting, it must be a priority, mm. I think. I think it's a process to start to reprioritize things and to have some time for other things. We just haven't had that time before. So like well, now that we get it, we're like, oh, what am I going to do with all this time? You know, am I going to sit at the pub or watch TV all the time? So I also think that in Europe, not in all countries, but definitely in Denmark and countries like that, people belong to a lot of social groups that have different activities that they do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we sauna together in Denmark or we knit together, we play football. So you create these other bubbles where you are, I don't know, adding value or you're engaging with, with friends. And, and, and so I think it's opening up space for other things than work. Mm -hmm. And as, as important work is, I think mm. we're not robots, you know, uh, and, and, I, and I like, I like it. Um, mm. Although when I do read it, I always laugh with Anita, my business manager, because we're working all, and it's not even work. We're just tapping in and tapping out at like 10 at night. Don't forget this or don't forget that. So I, you know what also I was listening to Satya Nadal and Satya Nadal was saying that you can send an email and it says in the subject line, only respond in office hours. And I think mm. that's also what's happening. I think it's like, look, I'm going to say, I'm going to do my thinking, but don't come back now. And I think that's more what it's about. It's mm. let, let me reach out. Let me like I WhatsApp Anita at all times. And I'm often like, look, don't come back to me now. I'm just, I'm just letting you know where my head's at right now. And, and I'm thinking about it now. So I know I, I like it, you know, I, I think, I think it's look, about what's coming. I think you're also, um, you're touching on the, the idea that people are always on because of things like WhatsApp and, um, uh, Slack and like all these tools, right? Like mm. it's because it's so easy and so convenient to tap people at, at all times of the night. And actually, when I speak with teams often, I'll say to them, like, you need a very strict team operating system that says, cool, like I'm not on after five o'clock. And mm. exactly what you're saying, like, if I get an email, I'll maybe read it, but I'll get back to you in the, in the following yeah. day. But yeah. I feel like those kind of things need to be decided within a team and not at a high, not at the level of government, because at a level of a team, we need to say there are times we need to push. And that's going to require us to go much harder and outside of office hours. And like, you can't find me for that then. Like, this is the team agreeing to that. But even, but even saying that, like, I think organizations are responsible for the culture they want to create. And 
if you want to do a four day work week, good on you. If you want to do, uh, only working from like eight to one, good for you. If you want to do asynchronous work altogether that we don't have to be in the office or online anywhere, anytime at the same time, good for you. But like let the organization decide how they want to run the business and let the people in the organization decide how they want to work together. I feel like this imposes unnecessary restrictions on how we do work together. Look, here, here's the thing. You're about to move to Cape Town. Let me speak to you in six months about this, okay? I think your energy is <laughs> going to change a lot. I was speaking, I was speaking, I was speaking to Sean McKenna, my friend. He's, he's staying in Cape Town for a few weeks. And I, I spoke to him today and I said, how's Cape Town? He says, look, it's a lot harder to focus on work here in Cape Town. You know, mm. there's so many other things to do here. And so, like, this guy's going to the beach. That guy's climbing a mountain. He's like, in Joburg, there's just nothing else to do. So, like, I work and I work. That's kind of all my life is mm. about. So, I think it's just opening up space for other things. I agree mm. with you, but with like sort of, it's not a organ, it's not a governmental thing to decide on. But look, it's it's a tonality that the government's putting out there. They've gotten more PR for it than I think anything else that they've done. You know, so mm. it's again, it's attracting a type of company, a type of person, a, a type of organization that they want to set a tone on balance. And, mm. you know, a lot of countries are also putting in very long paternal leave after having a baby. That's a tonality. It's, it's more of a, look, this is what we prioritize. And I imagine that if you and your own team say, look, we're going to work till eight and that's just how we're going to do it. If you like it, stay. If you don't like it, I, we understand. So I imagine those sort of things will come out of this, but I think it's a tone that, that they're sending mm. and, setting and i think it's very much in line with how they're positioning themselves of a, as a country of the future and a city definitely lisbon a city of the future you know mm. yeah I'll, I'll be keen to see if this catches on in other places as well i think it's gonna i think they'll backtrack on it at some point i think like many companies are backtracking on things like remote and hybrid and initially they're pushing it i've been hearing of many companies that these were like the first responders from a remote point of view now they're saying, cool, you can stay remote, but you have to be within our city limits, right? Like that's a weird thing. Like that doesn't quite make sense. But I've been hearing about those kind of things. Look, and I think, look, I think I, companies are going to backtrack. Look, I think everything's up for grabs. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows anything at the moment. You, everybody's experimenting, right? Mm. Everybody's trying to figure out the next steps. And I don't think anybody yeah. has them. So yeah, people are shooting from the dark. You have Jamie Dimon from Chase Bank saying, everybody has to come in. We don't care. I don't care anything. Just move you. Everybody's back in the office, which I think is also old school. And so, mm. yes. So I think everybody's trying to figure it out. And that's kind of where mm. we are. So let's get into today's topic. Um, and today's topic is all about expansion and change. And I think it was brought about for the fact that we are both moving cities um, and in fact, sometimes people will call Cape Town a different country to the rest of South Africa and Africa. In many ways, it is because it's just such a different sort of space. Um, and, and I'm moving to Dubai, obviously. And so there's this real sort of change and expansion going on in our lives. And we can see it all around. We were speaking about a copywriter that uh, you're working with that's also moving to Australia. We have people just making some massive moves and massive expansions. Um, right in front of our eyes right now as everything is up and up in the air so we wanted to just touch on this and and sort of expand it uh in in, in our way uh, and experiences and uh what what are your what are your um sort of exciting points and your points of challenge or points of trepidation as you make your move to a new city eric mm. you know it's 
I feel like it's been it's been easier to do now than ever before, simply because there's this idea that like if you want to change a habit, it's easy to change it downstream from other change happening, mm. right? So like if you like if you want to start um, training, for example, then like if you move house and like everything is in flux because now your routine is all over the show as well, mm. it, it's almost easier to then slot something in. Mm. where like compared to like having a very set schedule and you have to like kind of move it in and and uh disrupt one thing to put something else in yeah when everything is disrupted yeah it almost becomes easier to change with change mm. so in a way i feel like this is the perfect time that if you are trying to make big changes um it might be easier because everything already feels so yeah. uncertain good point. you know good point it's like everything feels a bit off balance so in that way, I think it's a good time to make it a, a big decision. In the same breath, I think it's it's very important that you carefully consider big decisions that you are making. And, you know, we've been speaking, for example, about your move to Dubai. Like, you're not just previously, you just jumped into it. And I think this time you have a more considered approach as well to mm. how you want to set yourself up there, the way that you're thinking about it. Because at the same time, when you're off balance, there's also just increased risk that you might like things might not work out, you know, and you, you always want to make sure that you have a, a leg to stand on, that things mm. aren't going to come plummeting down. And so mm. even with Dan and I moving to Cape Town, we're still moving closer to family. My parents are there. Um, we're moving closer to, uh, the company that she works for. Mm. We moving closer to friends. So in a way, we're moving away from a lot of certainty here, but we're also moving towards some certainty over there. Like it's right. Like, totally up in the air over there. So I think that's been a very big thing for me is to think through um, downstream change when change is already occurring. And at the same time, making sure that you are properly thinking through how these big decisions are being made and that it's not just impulsive and in the moment and that you end up regretting it a little bit later. Look, I, I, yes, I mean, that is always, I like that you have this cautious approach and well thought out approach. I also think that a lot of people use that cautiousness uh, to detriment and they don't make any change. Mm. And I think mm. while everything is in flux, it's a good time to take a leap somewhere. It's always good to have one leg, you know, grounded somewhere and have some backup. And I, obviously I agree with that, but I also think it's a time to leap into the unknown. And sometimes that's scary and sometimes that's uncertain and sometimes that it's tough, you know, it's, and, and, and arriving in a new city, you know, the things that I have been doing a lot of is just having a, as many conversations with as many different types of people as possible. And, you know, I'm back to back and having coffees and discussions and breakfasts and just engaging with different types of thinking. And it's been just so refreshing and so heartwarming to, to really just engage with new people and build new networks mm. and add value in that space. And, and I think when you're going through a space of expansion and change, the way you can anchor yourself into those, those new cities is people. And mm. so the, the first thing that I have been focusing on in this move is, look, where do I find somewhere that is convenient? As in, it takes away my headaches around thinking about driving or having to go somewhere far and making it a bit of a mission. I wanted to position myself as close as possible to the most convenient things. So I don't have to think about those. Where do you train? Where do you... I'm like, I mean, I don't have kids, but I imagine when you take them to school, be as close as possible, be as close as possible to the, to the gyms, to the grocery stores, to, to the, the amenities. 
so that you can mm. really just focus on hitting the ground running in as far as networking is concerned, having the conversations, telling people what you're about. Um, and, and this is, uh, we entrepreneurs, right? But I mean, I imagine other people with jobs would then be networking really about finding new jobs, new opportunities inside any of those places. And we see a lot of people moving to England, to Australia, to New Zealand. I mean, it's just like, it's just so many people moving all over the place right now. It just seems like this. There's a re, it's almost like the, 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 it's been stirred up. The mud in the water has been mm. stirred up and everybody's like everywhere trying to figure all these things out. So I think this podcast is really about how do you find anchor points in this change? When firstly, what a perfect time to change, to take a leap of expansion. And then how do you land with as much sort of traction as possible and, and, and try and create some sort of stability in this incredible time of transformation and change. Mm. So my first one really is about conversations with people and people being the the, the real key here is, is really starting to understand what they're about, understand what you're about, develop new partnerships and develop new sort of collaborations uh, as quickly as possible. Mm. How are you dealing with some of the anxiety around it? Yeah, it's a great question, you know. Um, I feel, I don't feel anxious, you know. I, I don't feel anxious about both staying in South Africa or coming here, I am more bored in South Africa. And that's mm. what's catalyzing me into Dubai so that I can try something new. And I remember when I lived in London, when I was 21, I remember going to London, arriving in London. I mean, I remember my jaw chattering, walking down Heathrow. I'd never really been overseas. Pro I had been, but not by myself. And I'm a mommy's boy. Um, and I was walking down the, the, the ramp into Heathrow and I was my, I was so nervous. And my first six months, they were good, but I was so missing home. I was missing my familiarity. And so I, I, I bought a ticket and I went home. And as soon as I landed back, uh, home in Johannesburg, I realized why I'd left in the first place. And I remember that I was just, I felt constricted. And so I went back mm. to London and I just had the best 18 months because there was no coming back. I was just so comfortable being in London. I knew why I'd left in the first place. And it feels like mm. Dubai has been the same this time. You know, I came here, I was living here and then COVID happened and I'm now back in South Africa. And look, nothing wrong with South Africa. It's awesome. I'm, it's just my own personal journey that I want to expand further. And so coming back this time to Dubai, there's no anxiousness. There's only excitement mm. because I've almost been like, my wings got clipped coming back to South Africa um, and, I, and I prioritized family and friends. Mm. And that was important over COVID, but now it's time to expand. And, and look, the best way to alleviate anxiousness is action. It's networking, mm. it's conversations. It's, if you're sitting by yourself with your, only the thoughts in your head, yeah, it can be anxious, you know, but mm. the, the, the antidote, and we spoke about this in a couple of episodes ago, the antidote mm. to that is action. It's, it's, it's really just moving into that space as quickly as possible. What you know, I remember when um so this is actually like now in November, it's actually my third year uh full time into this business of speaking and coaching. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, um started or or left physio full time, left my practice behind in twenty eighteen. Uh so kind of yeah, in November of twenty eighteen. So mainly into twenty nineteen and then like second year of business, uh pandemic time and i remember with like physio there was a very clear point where it wasn't about it wasn't about like which one should i choose there was like this clear indication that like i, I cannot stay here any longer yeah you're right like you for for a while it's like okay well let me weigh up the pros and cons let me figure out the right time to make the move 
And people speak about that all the time, you know, when they speak about like side hustles and those kind of things. And yes, there are clear indicators that maybe like you want to get your side hustle to a certain level of income before you let go of like your, your predictable job, for example. But there's also going to be a point in time where like your soul is going to rebel against yeah. you staying where you are. Yeah. And like that's as loud an indication as you need. And I mean, like once that hits you, it hits you hard. Eh? Like, yeah, I, I remember getting up in the mornings and I, I loved physio. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I loved being of service to other people. And like, I was good at what I did. But I remember getting up in the morning and dreading having to go and walk another patient that had a hip replacement. Yeah. Right. Like, it was just like, and, and I knew the moment that happened, I knew it's now time. time. Like, I, I can't wait any longer. That's it. Yeah. Um, something I wanted to actually just ask you, like, what, that I've never asked you before is I went from being physio to founding Better Man to coach and speaker today. You went from restaurant owner. Well, I mean, first off, like you, you were like a shoe salesman, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then restauranteur. But I, I don't think I've ever heard like you talk about making the transition from restauranteur to like futurist speaking across the world. Mm. Um, so let me just, uh, I had my own shoe range. Um, that are distributed around South Africa. Then I got vending machines. Then I got re restaurants and I got retail stores. And then it all came crumbling down, lost everything. Uh, my next full-time job was depression. I did that really well for about two to three years. And I really, I couldn't, I was a sweat 1000 instructor, which is like a workout um, with Steve Uriah, who I had lunch with today. He is in Dubai as well. Um, well, I've, I've developed such a great friendship with them and it was great thanks to that workout. So I was teaching sweat because I didn't know what to do. I was like stuck and I started a consultancy called the fresh ingredients. I was helping console, like hospitality brands and slowly but surely I started developing a methodology based on dissecting, categorizing, contextualizing the future to help these hospitality brands. And that started to become quite agnostic of company and business because I was dealing with trends and how to innovate mm. within trends in food, but you could pop any trend in there. And then that consultancy became a bigger consultancy called the Future Collective. And that spans sort of like seven, eight years in my 30s. And then when I reached 40, I went through a divorce and um, that was really painful. I had to redesign who I was and what I wanted to do. And I remember just asking myself, sitting in my apartment in Cape Town, I was like, what do I want to do? Like, and I remember thinking like, I really enjoy speaking and, and I kind of like, I've always really been speaking and I want to pursue that. And I did. And, you know, and that's it. The rest is history. And now I'm in Dubai and, and moving mm. around the world. So I know, I know a lot of that story, but what I'm saying is like the, the, the inner journey for you of like being someone who ran, who, who was running restaurants to someone speaking on stage. Well, if you think about it, I was always speaking on stage. My stage was a restaurant. I was entertaining okay. constantly. I was the front man. I was the front face. I was running the queues. I was speaking to my staff. I mean, I, I some, at some stage, I had hundreds of staff because I had a bunch of restaurants. So I would mm -hmm. go from restaurant to restaurant, speaking to waiters, speaking to staff, motivating them, inspiring them, focusing them, then coming and entertaining customers, entertaining um, their families, their children. So I've always been in the process of entertaining, engaging uh, with people. And I've just mm. changed my stage from a restaurant to a stage stage. So, And did, I, you, did you ever feel mm. who, who am I as a restaurant tour to be speaking to big organizations about the future and I, their strategy? 
I never saw myself as a restauranteur. I've never, I didn't see myself as a restauranteur. I saw myself as an entrepreneur mm. and I was sharing, I don't know, whatever I thought was really awesome. My service levels were high. My food quality was high. So I was, I was, I was almost like sharing excellence in many ways and expressing my excellence in food and service. And now I'm sharing mm. stories and my idea of how to dissect the future. So I've never felt that. No, I've never felt that, you know, because I've always had such okay. in my head of such clarity and what I'm thinking about. Mm. And like, and I remember explaining things to people and they were like, wow, okay, we never thought about it like that. And I would be quite surprised because I always often think, doesn't everybody think like that? Like, mm. what do you mean you don't think like that? Surely you think mm. like, like, I'm surely everybody thinks like that. And I slowly started to realize nobody thinks like that. It's only me really. And, and when I, when that clicked, then I realized, okay, so now I can go and, and speak mm. and, and do that. Yeah. Look, I've, I've been, okay. uh, my restaurants were very successful. So I, I did get a sense that I was really good at this thing that was about customer service and about, you know, excellence and, and keeping a team together. So leadership and those sort of things. Mm. And my initial talks were all about that. They weren't about the future. Yeah. And that evolved into the future stuff because I just inherently understand the future okay. and I don't know why, you know? Mm. Yeah. No, I was just I was thinking about it actually the other day and like uh, maybe it's a bit of a segue from from what we were trying to speak about today but I realized that I've I've often thought about the inner journey that I had to go on to go from physio to what I do today and I've I've often heard you speak about the external journey that you went on from from preemie all the way right, to what right, you do right. today I'm I'm very aware of that but I, yes, I actually yes. realized I've never asked you about the inner journey of it well look um I've always been uh, keen to expand what I'm capable of and engaging with new stuff. And, you know, I had six restaurants. I owned six restaurants mm. from 24 to 31. I mean, what the hell? Why? Like, what, what were you thinking? But I was just always wanting new and like fresh and try something new and, and like challenge myself, you know? Mm. So yeah, the internal journey is, and look, I think the internal journey can be best described by running away or running towards. Mm. And pre-40, I was running away. Post-40, I'm running towards. And th that's mm. the internal journey. And I was learning for different reasons pre-40. And, and post-40, I'm learning for different reasons. So, mm. yeah. I, I, but I think right now, what we're going through as humanity is, is really this time to seek discomfort, to mm. seek challenge, and to seek newness. And have conversations with people you don't have conversations with usually. You listen to mm. things you're not listening to. And this is sort of the topics that we've been speaking about the last few weeks. But as you and I embark on this massive shift and massive change in our reality, it's just such an exciting time, daunting time, all mixed into one with so much uncertainty that's coming, with so much newness that's coming. It's really time for change and expansion. And I think the point of this podcast is really to say, look, what are you going to change? What are you going to expand? How are you preparing? When are you taking the leap? And join us as we take our mm. leaps. Mm. You know, um, I think it's very important that people also reflect on the journeys they've had to expansiveness, right? Because for most people, like it, it does happen in your life, maybe to varying degrees, maybe like you don't have, um, big leaps at certain times. And I know like when people, especially when they have families, you know, that becomes much harder. But like when you look over at a certain time frame in your life, you'll see that there's always been a certain level of expansion that's happened. And I think it's good to revisit that and to think, well, what did I learn from the process? Like, for example, like something I've definitely learned was how to decouple my identity from the thing that I do. Like that was a big thing for me to learn. And I think that makes it so much easier for me as I move into the future. And as I'm trying to expand, 
into new parts of who I am and into new industries, perhaps. And um, speaking about new things, you know, I'm not tied to like, I am the high performance guy at this stage and that's it. And that's what I speak about. Or I'm the adaptability guy. I'm much more open to, okay, well, actually, like what I'm really interested in at the moment is speaking about adaptability. A year from now, it might be that I'm interested in speaking about NFTs all the time. But yeah. like I'm I'm fluid enough like that because I've learned from my previous experience to decouple my identity from right. what I do. So right. I think it's important to revisit like the journey of expansion that people have been mm, on. Like what point. have you taken from it? What what are you actually good at in terms of that? The second thing that I just want to say is that, you know, when I wrote the initial leadership manual, one of the things I said is that the biggest gift that you get from the mountain, from climbing the mountain, is knowing that you can climb mountains. And mm. and that's what, it, to a large extent, the pandemic has given us. Like, I mean, if you can get through this, if you can pivot and be okay with the uncertainty mm. and deal with the overwhelm, guess what? You're mm. going to be pretty well, like, you, you're going to be okay in the future because all of these things will keep coming at you. But guess mm. what? You've conquered the mountain. Like you've mm. done it. So if you've done it, you can keep doing it. And in fact, you will need to keep doing it. Yeah, well said. Well mm. said. I like that. Huh? Very good. And uh, I, I had one last point, but it, it kind of slips my mind. But Sorry. yeah, listen. Was that uh, me? I think it's, Did um, I get you to say No, it, it wasn't you. It wasn't okay. you. <laughs> um, dude, I, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to the journey. Um, mm. You know, the expansive is also expanding. We are expanding into new territories. We are expanding our thinking into new areas. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's just such a great journey to perpetually be on, you know. Mm. And I think if you look back at your life and if you look back at the past year or two years, perhaps, and you notice that you, you haven't had much expansion in your life, then I hope that that's also a wake-up call for you, that now is the time mm. to step into the unknown. Mm. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's risky. But, like... It's only when you do that that you get to experience the uh, the upside of all the possibility that there probably is. Mm, love it. What a great line. I like this. The best part of climbing a mountain is to know that you can climb mountains. Yes, man. Yes. What a great way to end the podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into the Expansive Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure for having you with us today. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or with your team. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. You can also send us a DM on Facebook or Instagram. If you have any questions or you'd like to contact us, we'd love to hear from you. You can also book Eric and I to be speaking at your conferences or running strategy sessions. And until next time, have an absolutely outstanding week. Ciao. Goodbye.